Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling Podcast. For countless parents, the journey to unschooling has redefined childhood and transformed their family relationships. Are you curious? Together, let's explore what living and learning looks like without school. Hello, Explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 214 of the podcast. It's the 12th of February, 2020, as I record this intro. And this week, I have a fascinating conversation with Bob Mahan, an accountant for 24 years. Bob had all the bells and whistles of that career, but he wasn't enjoying it. In our conversation, he shares his journey from there to unschooling and living a life of freedom, fun, and connection. Nowadays, Bob, his wife, a traveling nurse, and their three sons live in an RV. They traveled around the U.S. for a few years and are currently living in Orlando. As a personal update, it's pretty much been snow and more snow the last week or so. I've also been nursing a cold or something. I don't know if you can tell. (laughs) So I'm really starting to look forward to spring in earnest. And I want to take a moment to thank everyone who has chosen to support the podcast through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Your generous support not only lets me know that you enjoy the show and want it to continue, it allows me to spend time creating episodes each week and to keep the podcast archive freely available to anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And now let's dive into my conversation with Bob. Welcome, I'm Pamela Rickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Bob Mahan. Hi, Bob. Hi, Pam. (laughs) Hi, Bob. (laughs) I recently came across Bob's online musings about unschooling and life and have really enjoyed reading uh, about his thoughts and perspectives. So I really appreciate him choosing to come on the podcast and chat about his experiences so far. So to get us started, Bob, can you share with us a little bit about you and your family and kind of what everybody's into right now? Yep. Uh, We have three sons who are 14. One just turned 13, so we have two teenagers now. And then our third son is 11. Um, My wife and I have been married for 20 years. Uh, We celebrated our 20th anniversary last May with a family trip to Hawaii. Um, And then uh, we live in an RV and have for seven years. So we've traveled the country um, for seven years, living kind of wherever we wanted. Uh, What is everybody into right now? Um, It's so eclectic. I guess it'd be kind of like my page. It's whatever catches our fancy right now. Uh, My one son is... All of us like amusement parks and roller coasters, but my one son would be considered a roller coaster enthusiast. So we go where we can ride them. One of the reasons we live in Orlando is because this is where there's more amusement parks than anywhere (laughs) else in the world. But um, uh, the other one is uh, they all enjoy Minecraft a lot. 
my oldest son loves animals. So any way that we can see them in a zoo or an aquarium or um, in nature, um, he studies them online and uh, he is on the autistic spe spectrum. So he will give you a lecture on any animal that you see, um, sometimes more than you'll ever want to know. But when we're someplace, he will, people all around will look at the, because they're astounded about how much he knows and he's actually right about it. Uh, give you the, the, he'll give you the genus and the family of each animal. Um, so that's always interesting and um, sometimes, uh, sometimes more than you want to know. Um, my youngest son, he really enjoys uh, being online. So he, uh, he's got a lot of online friends from all over the world that he connects with and uh, plays games, interacts. Uh, he, he's just turned 11 and probably the most, um, not risky, but less fear of anyone. Uh, he's, he's the, if there's a new big ride, he's often been the first one to go on it. Uh, and so it's, um, it's always kind of fun to try to keep up with him. And then, uh, my wife, my wife is a nurse and that is how we got started traveling. She is a, was an, um, what's called a travel nurse where she could take three month assignments anywhere. So we just picked places we wanted to live and, uh, moved there. Wow, that sounds amazing. So how long have you guys been where you are now there in Florida by Orlando? Uh, we've been here for two and a half years and mostly because we've traveled around and this is where we like the best. Uh, at this point, we intend on probably staying here. Um, there's no place else we want to live and we've, we haven't... Um, we haven't been, I've been to every state in the United States. Um, my kids have been to about half of them. So we've got a pretty good um, sample to choose from. And we like to be where it's warm. And so that kind of limits a lot of it. <laughs> and we like to be where there is a lot going on. So we lived in San Francisco, Los Angeles, uh, Tampa, and Orlando. And uh, you know, there's some places that might hit the other things, but they're like, we were in Phoenix, Arizona, and there's one tiny amusement park. So my boys said, eh, I don't see it. <laughs> so. No, I love that. I love that you've taken that into consideration. Like everybody's wishes are part of the choice of where you are, right? Versus just the parents having more power in that decision. Yeah, and then there's a helicopter going over because I'm sitting outside right now. So yeah. we live in a tourist place, so there are tour helicopters that are going around constantly. So I um, apologize if we get distracted. Yeah, um, we do include everyone, and that always creates some challenges because sometimes it's get hard to get five people to agree. Mm -hmm. um, so we've learned a lot of negotiation techniques in that regard. If somebody's not into it, it's, it's a give and take. Well, okay, well, uh, my, my one son did not want to move to California yeah. and because we lived in Florida. And so we, we, we started seven years ago, so they were seven, six, and four. Mm -hmm. And when he, he was seven, 
he said he would do it as long as we came back by the time he was 10. And so that was the negotiation. So we were gone and we got back uh, when he was nine and a half. And so um, we had, we wanted to, when we were in California, we wanted to take a cross country trip to visit the, uh, the grandparents in Florida. And my one son was scared to fly. So we, we did a small trip, just a small flight on a jet that was just an hour to kind of work them in. And then we actually had to, instead of getting a direct flight from San Francisco to Tampa, we had to book a three-leg flight so that none of the flights were more than two hours. So we went to Minneapolis and St. Uh, Salt Lake City, the final, which was really tiring. But in, we, don't, we don't force anybody to do anything and so that was the way he would agree so we got to go on the trip we wanted to go on but did it in a way that he was comfortable with so that that means stopping a lot um um what am i trying to say uh redirecting um making adjustments um going for longer or shorter than you want um delaying um give and take we'll do this today and then we'll do that tomorrow the boys do that too as far as if one of them's not into something uh i'll basically say okay how are you guys going to fix this so everybody gets what you want so they'll you'll be in there it's like a whole it's like they're on a stock exchange or something negotiating with a buy and sell you know i'll give you this today if we can go later or if we can eat what I want to eat, we'll go where you want to go or, you know, or we'll go tomorrow. It's, it's, they got a whole barter system going, but I try to stay out of it as much as possible. And then when it, when, when they get it worked out, then I'm the money and the transportation, but you know, um, we don't, we don't direct, we uh, participate and guide. So that, that's, we haven't always lived where we wanted to live. And like I said, we had to come back because we made an agreement with him that we would. Um, we, we almost didn't get to take our vacation because my son didn't want to fly. And uh, so it, 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 it would be very easy to just lay down the law and say, I'm the dad, do what I say, but not going to do that. And so I really have to practice my negotiation skills and my uh, flexibility to make that happen. So. It's, I love the way you described it, but, and I find, you know, in the end, and I'm sure this is why you're choosing it, right? In the end, the places that you get and the relationships that you develop and the skills, you know, that bigger picture win really overrides or is more important than, gee, I want to go on this vacation and I want to fly directly there. You know what I mean? It's not like you're giving up. You're making bigger choices, right? Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I, 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 I was in a, um, some kind of a training program a few years ago and asked one of these questions, you know, big picture questions is like, where would you want to go if you could go anywhere you wanted? And, I couldn't come up with anything because I've been everywhere I want to go. Um, I, I, there's, I would go other places. I enjoy them, but uh, nothing, there's no great desire. Uh, I've done it. And same thing with doing things or having things. I, I enjoy lots of things and I do lots of things, but I, 
I don't need any of those. Um, ultimately, it comes down to who you do it with. And um, so I would rather that we all do it together in a way that we enjoy than to check something off a bucket list. Um, and like you said, the process of the, the higher skills of getting other people to participate with you in a way they enjoy, that's going to last them for a lifetime if they can learn it. Um, I mean, that's one of the big questions I get. Oh, how do you get somebody to, I'm like, well, I don't know. I mean, you can either force them or, um, or you can negotiate with them. I don't know another way. Uh, and the only way I know to negotiate is to offer somebody some incentive that, I mean, you can either threaten them with a negative or in, offer an incentive that they consider positive enough to say yes. And um, so I, I'm trying to model that so that my boys know how to do it. Um, you know, so I don't have much of an agenda for my own life. Um, now it's kind of like when you ask me if there's any questions or things I want to, I don't because I don't really have an agenda here. Um, other than helping them figure out how to do life, hopefully better earlier than I did earlier. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that, that probably may, might've been why some people started reading what I wrote. I think I, I'm not unique, but I, I didn't get married till I was 34 and I didn't get, have my first son till I was almost 41. And my last was born right after I turned 44. So uh, I'm 55, but I have an 11 year old. So I, I don't know that I'm wiser, but I had a lot more experience than if my boys were born when I was 20. So I think maybe I looked at things differently um, when I had a two-year-old than I would have 20 years earlier. My, my parents were 20 and 21 when I was born, you know. And so um, I'd already lived like, you know, I had already been like an adult, you know, at that point. So um, I guess I just been through life enough and saw how I didn't like living it and didn't want to live it. Um, that it made me rethink a lot of stuff when it was time to go through it with them. Yeah. Cause I, I read on your page too, that you had planned to homeschool your, uh, your kids, any kids before you even had children. So that really yes. ties into how you have taken a lot of your journey and your experiences before having kids. So I would love to know, you know, how that choice came about and how you wanted to, you knew you wanted to homeschool before you had the kids and how did that evolve into unschooling for you? I was uh, born into a um, very religious family. And so I went to a private Christian school from the time I was in kindergarten all the way up through high school. And then at that time, I also chose to go to a Christian college. So for, and I went for five years. So for 18 years of my life, I was in a restrictive, very strict, very conservative, lots of rules environment. Um, didn't want to do that as a parent. Um, my wife went to public school and public college. So we had a very different perspective 
Um, but I had uh, never wanted to use the public school system. So next alternative was homeschooling. But when I thought of homeschooling, I thought of school at home. Yeah. And my idea was because I didn't like some of the things that I got through and I didn't like the way schools were, you know, I thought I was going to build a better beast. I thought I was going to do it better than everyone. So I was going to have a better curriculum, better training. My kids were going to be superstars. So that was my objective. Um, and then when my oldest son became five, I mean, and I even checked into doing like the online, like K-12, where you do like a online public school, but you do it at home. And like we were going to, we actually got, we're trying to register him for that. Cause I'm like, okay, that's high quality. That's really going to push him. He's going to be ready for Harvard when he's six, you know? And I found out you couldn't enroll them unless they had gone to a, uh, to a local public school for a year. We had to put them in a public school in kindergarten for a year before we could take them out and bring them home. And I remember sitting at my dining room table and I found that out crying. I, cause I, I, I I'm like, I'm not going to send them there, but I don't know what to do. Well, we were in Orlando and I don't know if it's the national or but a very huge homeschooling conference happens here every year where, Vendors come in with curriculums, and it's just down the street, close by. 5,000 people are there, and so we signed up and went. And it happened to be just two weeks later. So we go over there, and we're walking through. I mean, you know, curriculums here and there, hundreds of thousands of dollars, and everybody's got the right plan. And we just lost it. We had no idea what to do. So this is my son is, this is May. My son's supposed to be starting school in August, and that's where I'm at. And then I don't know where I ran into unschooling. Uh, it, was, it would have been on Facebook because that's kind of the only place I've ever been. But um, <laughs> somebody said something about you just don't have to do that stuff. And, you know, of course, I, I, I've never heard of it. I have no frame of reference. And so, but I'm willing to listen, you know. And, and I've been going through a lot of other changes in my life simultaneously um, where I'm not religious anymore, um, though I had been actually an officer in some religious institutions. So I went from full in to not um, making that. And that was a massive um, change um, from my entire life. Uh, in fact, my wife and I met at church. Um, and then, um, you know, schooling and then my political viewpoints had been going through a transformation. So I was going through personally just a massive amount of questioning everything. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but I ran into situations where what I thought was true, I couldn't justify anymore. So I was willing to ask questions I'd never been willing to ask and find answers I didn't even know existed. That's where unschooling showed up. Um, and so I, you know, found some group, Facebook groups, um, made friends, followed people, watched videos, and did a big sigh of relief. Uh, I suddenly went, you know, we can chill out about all this thing. We don't have to be stressed. We don't have to be pushed. My 
My son does not have to qualify for Harvard next year. Um, and we just relaxed. And it's kind of gone from there. But, I mean, I was trying to register him. <laughs> and I went from that. That's how close we were. But he wow. never did go. And then um, the other two, no, no, but none of them have ever attended a school of any kind. Um, closest thing we've done is the oldest two. You were talking about the other day because I told my boys we were going to do this. And uh, just asking them some questions to remember the past. The older two we enrolled them in uh, swimming lessons because we owned, we had owned, owned a home with a pool. It was right there, like five feet from the, and I don't want them to drown. So got to have them. So, I mean, this was horrible. I look, I look back at the way I, it was the first few years. I mean, they did learn to swim, but I mean, it's the, the, the instructor's like, okay, take them, blow on their face, hold them underwater. So they learn how to, but they're startled and they come up and they're screaming and they're crying and you do it again. And you know, so anyways, they did learn. The third one, he saw his two brothers um, swimming and jumped in the pool and swam across. <laughs> and I went, okay, that's unschooling right there. Uh, he wanted to learn. We used to be members of the YMCA, and they have different levels for you can go off the diving board to the deep end. The two oldest ones got the green, which meant they could go anywhere in the pool, in the deep end, they could jump off the diving boards. The youngest one, he's two and he said, I want a green. Well, you had to swim the length of the pool and tread water for 60 seconds. And he jumped in there and did it at two. I mean, and they actually changed the rule. He earned it, and then they wouldn't give it to him, even though he qualified because they said he was too young. Even though there was no requirement about young, but they, they it, we went to a water park where they had this thing where you jump off a 10-foot cliff and the only rule was there was no height requirement. The only rule was you got to be able to jump off, and then it's like a twenty foot wide pool. You got to swim to the side. You know, he did it. Jumped off, swam. It. I mean, the whole place is just watching it, and they're like, "How are they?" Doing? I'm like, "I don't know." That's what he wanted to do. They, then we went back a month later. They changed it and put in a forty two inch high requirement, which he didn't qualify, and we know it was because of him because he was so tiny. But but the point is, is that. We, that's the only time we ever enrolled them in any class. And we found out that even that wasn't necessary when they wanted to do something, they just did it. Uh, they figured out how, um, and the motivation was there. And I mean, I'm a good swimmer. My, my wife swam in, on swim team in high school, so we can teach them. I actually was a lifeguard. Um, so we could teach them and, you know, we can give some pointers, but, the point is, is his motivation to do what he wanted to do led him to do it at a crazy young age. But he was, I, I wouldn't, I, so I didn't have to shove him underwater and have him get scared. And that's the only time we've ever done that. It's never happened since because we have, we realized that they will learn what they want to learn when they want to learn it in the way they want to learn it. Um, and if they don't want to, it's kind of pointless for me to try to force it. Uh, it's not meaningful to them at that point. Um, oh, oh, we did do form. We did do formalized, like you know, A, B, C, and one, two, three. And here's your colors with my oldest. And you know, we were laughing the other day about it, he and I, because I'm like, okay, we taught you all that, but you're 13 or 14. How quick could you learn your colors right now if you wanted to? You have about 10 minutes. I could just learn them all. You know, so I mean, what was all that? F, you know. <laughs> 
and like, and what did you do with that information other than show off to the grandparents? You know, you can, you can take your kid and you can brag it. One of the questions you sent me, I'm sorry for taking over this and uh, preempting your question. One of the questions you asked me was about the, um, the, the, the standard way of evaluation and how you know things are doing good. And that was a challenge for me when they were younger, my friends would get, they'd be at school and they'd get, um, my child was, was school student of the month, mm-hmm. you know, or they get the citizenship award or they got the bumper sticker. My kid's an honor student. My kids have never been on the Dean's list. They've never gotten student of the month. We have nothing to brag about. There's nothing, there's nothing to hang on the wall. Uh, they're not going to get a high school. They'll they'll get a GED whenever they want to, but it won't be anything. There's not going to be a ceremony. They're, so all the things that their cousins get to show, we can't. And that was hard to accept. Um, I've, I've come to terms with that, but we don't have the societal badges of accomplishment. Um, and that also works in, um, if we're at a party and, you know, it's a parent thing where everybody's upping each other on how their kid is better, faster, smarter, whatever. I'm over here going, I don't know, we reached another level on the video. I don't know. You know I mean? Um, for us, an accomplishment is when they're tall enough to hit the 42 inch high, Roller coaster, so then the forty-eight, not- then fifty-four. Now, when all five of us were fifty-four inches tall, and we could write everything together, you know. But it, that's how we evaluate. You know, it's it's you know we they've done the tallest four roller coasters in the world. They've done the uh, the fastest one. You know, they've been to more. But the 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 measuring that people seem to do for when we're bragging about our kids. I'm just kind of over sitting there. I got nothing. Um, Cause our evaluation standards so different. If you throw it in there, it's like total silence. People are just like, what? You know, <laughs> they, <laughs> so I, I've been at this long enough. Now I don't, you know, I, I just listen. And I, I'm happy for my nieces and nephews and their accomplishments and my friends. I'm not trying to throw our method on them and that's the way they live their lives and the way they feel so i'm happy for them you know mm-hmm. my my he's just got a division one college sports scholarship we go to all our games we're excited for it. um but we're never going to get that you know so it's like we're on a totally different perspective of how we evaluate um ourselves mm-hmm. um and ultimately, we got to come to terms with that we're okay with that. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a, that's so familiar. I love that story. It, I, I, I would mostly reply, yeah, you know, that's cool. You know, it is exciting for them, and and you know that it's meaningful for them. So it truly is Absolutely. cool for them, right? And uh, because I know we'd get asked questions, so before we went to family gatherings or stuff like that. I would just put a few um, thoughts together in my head and it, it was always around what they were interested at the time. 
So yeah, those roller coaster stories, that that would be what I would pull out in that kind of situation when they asked. But as you said, I wouldn't be, you know, trying to jump into the conversation because it's a different kind of answer. Like like you said, and sometimes if they were all busy chatting that way, I'd just go play with the kids because that was fun too, right? <laughs> yeah, I just, it's, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I feel like, um, we've lived this way so long. Yeah. It's not only the, the, um, you know, the unschooling, but then the, the living in the RV, you know, where that's, I mean, that's very different. You know, we had a 1500 square foot house with a pool and then we we're down to, you know, 300 square feet, um, and five people. And, you know, the, the boys are, almost my size now. So we almost have five adults, you know, it, it, it's, so they don't have stuff. They have experiences. Um, they've been to many countries. They've been to half the States. Um, they've, uh, as, 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 as driving last night, we were talking about, um, what have we done? Um, uh, we, uh, last night we drove, um, an hour and a half to go what, what was called dark night, which was um, way out in a garden to look at the stars under telescopes. Um, we've um, whitewater rafted in Yosemite National Park. Uh, we've been to the Grand Canyon. We've been to Yellowstone. We've played in a geyser in uh, Idaho. Um, We've been on a zip line in Mexico, you know, it, it's the, the list, their items are so tiny. They have almost nothing material possessions. Um, cause it, there's no place to put it. <laughs> there's no, <laughs> no space. They have a computer, a phone and a tiny little, but they have memories and experiences from everywhere. And, and some of them are, you know, more high profile, you know, in May, we took a cruise to Hawaii. Uh, like I said, that was our 20th anniversary, but we took our kids with us. Um, people thought that was crazy. It's your anniversary. And I, we don't try to be away from them. Uh, we like being with them. Uh, I had a, it was two weeks long and I wouldn't have wanted to be away from them for two weeks. Um, we had a great time, but so that's more high profile, but, um, the other, one of the other questions you asked me um, was, how do we do things? How have we made it so we can do things that other people might not do? I think what it is, is we have a great desire to be open to opportunities. Um, my wife found this app called Roadside Attractions. It, it, it's an app which will just tell you the sketchiest little things that are anywhere. And so when we're driving, we'll, I mean, it, it'll just be the, the, the world's tallest, um, you know, ball of yarn or, you know, um, some kind of, and so we have found the weirdest things. We found a place uh, in Los Angeles where you could bottle your own soda. So you met guy, they had the water and just crazy. The boys made like these bizarre flavors and you make it, then you bottle it. You put the cap on it. You put the, you make the label. I mean, not a big thing, but I don't know anyone else who's done it, you know? Um, 
we when we were in Los Angeles, I don't know if you've ever seen like seems like every alien movie that goes to Los Angeles, there's a there's a huge donut place. It's called Randy's Donuts. It's this massive donut. They're in movies all the time. Yeah. So we went to Randy's Donuts to get a donut. You know, I mean, it's a what? It's a donut. But the point is, is that we will go out of the way and inconvenience ourselves to do something that we'll remember. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, yeah, I think that's so different from so many people who kind of wait for things to happen to them. They wait for these things to appear or or like you said, they focus on just organizing the big things. You know, I think I you know, that might be part of why like vacations are such a big thing because they're, you know, they're less about bringing fun little things to their ordinary days. Right. So then they're just waiting for those big moments. Yet you guys are, you know, more proactively finding little things. They seem like little things, but they're fun things, right? They're experiences. You know, you're talking about how much of your your days are filled with experiences, you know, versus versus the things. And and we really have time. And when you make the time to, to do it all, you're rich is the word that comes to mind for me. You know, it's just a rich, rich life experiences. That makes sense. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, um, one of the main reasons we can do that, it, it, it's an attitude and it's a, it's a, it's a decision, but it, part of that decision is to unschool. Um, I live, so close to Disney World that I can hear the fireworks at night from home. Yeah. Um, I'm that close. People come here to go to Universal Studios, Disney World, from all over the world. One of the things that they ask me is, when is it not busy? Because I, I drive Uber around here. So I pick people up from the airport, take them to Disney World. And then I take them, pick them from their hotels to the parks. I pick them up. I do this every day. So I, I talk to people from everywhere. When is it not busy? The honest answer is it's not busy when kids are in school because everybody runs on the school calendar. It controls your life. If school is in, they're at school. If school is out, they can take vacation. So the entire country takes a vacation simultaneously. They take a vacation at Thanksgiving, they take a vacation at Christmas, they take a vacation at spring break, and they're here in the summer. We can do what's called, what we call um, arbitrage. We can do time arbitrage where we can go when they don't. Yeah. And we don't go when they do. Yeah. We can also do location arbitrage um, because we have the RV. We lived in the San Francisco Bay Area one of the craziest expensive places in the world to live. We got to do everything that there is there, but we didn't spend the money for a million dollars for a two bedroom apartment. We didn't spend that. We, um, we get to, what it would cost to live where we live would be crazy, but we don't spend that because we, so we, like I said, we call it arbitrage. We flip-flop. We we don't do it when they do it, and we do it when they don't do it. We're like perennial off-seasoners. Yeah. Um, you know? You can – plane tickets are the most expensive 
Friday night and Sunday night because people are going weekends. If you can go Tuesday morning, better price, you know, but you can't. And so um, by making that decision to um, not run on the school calendar and then my wife, because she's switched to being a travel nurse, she's not, and she makes her own schedule. So she makes the schedule she wants to work. So we adjust that around what we want to do. Um, I haven't had a regular job in nine years, uh, since 2011. Uh, so we've organized our entire life around being able to do, um, things at, that allows us to do it much more economically efficient. We, we never pay prime pricing. We pay off season pricing, off time pricing. Um, and um, by reducing our material possessions to very little, I mean, our, our housing expense as a percentage of income is ridiculously low. Um, so we have that money to um, make other choices. I mean, if you, if you tie up all of your time, I mean, if you tie up all of your time in pre-obligated things, a, a, a nine-to-five job or a school, mm-hmm. then you've got a tiny number of hours that you can allocate to whatever. Same thing with money. If you pre-tied it all up, you only got that much to allocate. Well, what we're trying to do is have the amount that's tied up of time and money and energy be as low as possible. So the variable part is as big as possible. That lets, that lets you, um, like I said, back at the beginning, negotiate. I got the bandwidth to, um, to go an hour later or tomorrow or next week. I, 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 I see these people when they come here for vacation. I mean, they're only here for a week and they spent thousands of dollars and, they're going to get it done and they're up before the sun comes up and they're going until everyone drops and the kids are crying and the parents are crying. And I'm like, this was supposed to be fun, right? You know, that this was supposed to be, you know, a good time. And I understand it. They, some people have dreamed their entire life. I mean, Disney world's often picked the number one place to go in the world. Um, they dreamed about it. They spent all this money. You got a limited amount of time. So you're just going to get it done. Well, that's a whole lot of pressure. You know, that I don't want to have, I want to be, I want to have the flexibility to, to just relax and take it slow. Um, but you got to get rid of all of those, um, um, time locks and budget locks. I mean, if you only got 5% of your budget of your time available, I don't know what you're going to (laughs) do, you know, but when you got like, 80% 80% available, then you can, you can adjust. Um, and I mean, it, it happens over time, but you got to work that way if, if you want the freedom. Yeah. Yeah. That is such a great way to explain it. I really like that, that image. And cause it, that's how we ended up doing it too, especially traveling on, on the off times. Right. I mean, not only are you saving money, but that was the way that we could do it on, on our terms as well, right? Because, you know, the crowds were crazy. No, none of us in my family enjoys the crowds. That just makes us cranky, right? right, right. So, <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, I mean, we did all sorts of things. You know, now that you phrased it that way, put it in that framework, now I can see how much of our effort was um, was to free ourselves up that way. I love that. And and the, the time freedom to that unschooling gives you to be able to make those kind of time commitment choices that work for your family rather than having all this outside framework on. I mean, almost we just did the reverse, right? So summer times while kids were out of school, we basically hung out at home for the most part, right? Went to local parks. We didn't go do, we didn't go to the science center in the summer. Like I think the first summer after the kids were home from school, we did that. It's like, no, <laughs> No, no. Yeah, we got we got where, you know, because we had the, the past of the science centers and all of that. And you, yeah. we'd show up and there'd be like five bus, school buses for field trips. And the boys are like, oh, man, you know, we started learning. The field trips always end at two o'clock. They always go because they got to get back to school. So we would go at two, you know, because like we know it's not we're antisocial, but it's like the crowds are just, you know, and and we at we. I mean, some people say unschooling is living like school doesn't exist. We do that, except that we're very aware that school exists because we do the opposite. We know it's on our calendar, school holidays, because we know the kids are out, so we're not going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the kids are out. This week, it was a holiday in the United States on Monday, so it's like we didn't go anyway because <laughs> they, they were in the kids in school. You know, so it's... We, uh, we're, we're very aware of how the rest of the world lives and how um, not that we are. Um, and, it, and it's beginning, getting more and more so um, as we go along. I mean, hmm. we feel like we're just, we're, we're so off the beaten path of, you know, like, we, we have regular jobs. We don't have school. We don't have a, home, a house, you know? I mean, some people consider people who live in RVs homeless. I mean, it's, it's like the amount of what the typical plan is for what you're supposed to do when you grow up, we've failed on all of it. I mean, we're just, <laughs> and, and probably the thing that, like I said, because I was older, I did follow the plan. I got my college degree. I had a career as an accountant. Um, and just so you have a quick background on how I got where I'm got, I was a career, I was an accountant for 27 or 24 years. And the last few years, I absolutely hated it. it I was in a, in a corporate environment and I had recently got a promotion and gotten bonus package and they were offering me the future. And I walked in one day and said, they offered me a promotion and I said, I'm going to quit. And I just, my wife had encouraged me to do that. And, and the reason why, because it was killing me uh, inside, I was just, um, my father had died at 58 and I'm now 55. So you can see <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting, I'm in that category, you know, and I, That's, this was nine years ago, and I wanted, I couldn't figure out how I could tell my boys to follow their dreams and to not stay in a job they hated, living a life they didn't want when that's what I was doing. Yeah. I, for money, for security. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I went, 
I'm going to encourage them to live free and, you know, follow your dreams. And then they'd be like, well, you didn't. And what am I going to say? Yeah. And so scariest thing I ever did that day is I, I just walked out. Um, and I haven't had a regular job since then. And I mean, it's been tough. I mean, it, it hasn't been easy and I'm still figuring it out, but I'm, unschooling myself along with the boys. I'm figuring out what, um, what I want to do. Um, I'm learning what I need to learn. I've started a few businesses and I'm, you know, so I, I learn what I need to learn when I need to learn it. I take the challenges, I take the risks and, um, ultimately my answer to it, if unschooling works is, Unschooling doesn't work because you got the result you wanted or they made the choice I wanted them to make. Unschooling works because they got to make the choice. They may make a choice different than I would and the result might not be what any of us wanted, but um, we we got to make the choice. And... We trust that um, we'll figure it out, and that's that's pretty much how we live. I'd never towed an RV before we bought one, and I drove it from Florida to Idaho. Um, I didn't know how to back them up, but I learned because I had to because got to put my home somewhere. You know, we learn what we need to learn when we want need to learn it. Uh, I guess we call it just in time learning. Um, and I'm not evaluating how successful it's been by the results. We're not rich in a material sense. There's no trophies on the wall, but we're happy. We are happy. We are contented with our lives. And, um, so that's how we've ultimately had to define success for ourselves, not using external media. And that's how we live. Um, yeah, no, I think that that's such a great way to put it when, and I think that's a big thing to let go. It's part of that whole process of, of coming to unschooling. Well, I think it's, it's after you come to unschooling, like, for me too, your question of, you know, um, if I'm going to ask, you know, offer my kids to have this lifestyle and make these choices, you know, I can live that too. Or what, or what kind of example would I be if I say, you know, this is your life, but this is my life. I can't, I am not free to make the same kinds of choices that you are, et cetera. You know, that was something that really opened my eyes when I was, starting to unschool with them, you know, cause your, your mind just starts asking the next question, the next question. It's like, Oh, look, you know, if this is a lifestyle I want so much for my kids, why can't I have it too? You know, it, and, and then, but you know, it's the, the deeper questions. It's not, Oh, you know, I'm doing nothing or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's not, we're just doing quote, whatever, whatever we want. But it's it's that deeper satisfaction, that deeper happiness that you were talking about, right? That becomes 
uh, more of a guiding light than your more conventional definition of success, right? You, you just, you were, I always say you're never, you're never uh, too old to have a happy childhood. Yeah. And I'm, I'm in the process of rec- I, I love my parents and my family, uh, nothing against them, but I, I'm starting over. And like I said, the deeper questions, I'm, I'm asking questions I never even knew to ask. Yeah. And I'm willing to get answers I didn't know existed and, um, and follow them where they go. So I'm, I'm learning what it means to be a father, uh, what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a business owner, what it means to take risks. Um, under the traditional definition of husband and father, I'm a total failure. I, I don't provide, I haven't provided a home for my family. I haven't provided, and I don't, I, I'm not a vice president yet. You know, there's all, there's all this stuff that, but I'm learning how to be more peaceful. I'm learning how to be more happy, how to negotiate, how to um, give and take and um, be flexible. Uh, I was a you know upper level manager where I gave orders. I don't give orders. You know, I ask and it's okay for somebody to say no. If they can't say no, it wasn't a question. Um, they really, I, my kids say no. Um, one of the ways I know that it is working, if you want to use that word, is that my kids think very differently about many, many fundamentally important things than I do, which means I have not indoctrinated them. Mm-hmm. I have not told them this is the right way. Um, um, this is the way we think and they don't and we disagree on things and, um, and I'm good with that. Maybe they're right. Uh, you know, maybe I'll learn from them or maybe they'll figure it out, but I trust that they will. Um, uh, when it may not be from me, it may be, you know, however, whenever they need to, but they think differently than I do. And that's good. I'm happy about that. Because, like I said, I'm not trying to build a better beast. I'm not trying to build a better version of me. Um, they're they're people. They're not mini me. They are living their own lives, and it's going to be however they decide it's going to be. And I'm just going to do my best to help them do it and be there with them. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know when this will. Go, I don't know when this is going to end. I. I tend to think I'm going to unschool myself for the rest of my life and they will too. And at some point they'll decide to do that, not living in my home whenever uh, that is, um, um, you know, and maybe they'll decide to go to college. Maybe they won't, maybe they'll start careers. Maybe I don't know. Um, and I don't, I don't have any agenda on it. I, I, I truly have no agenda on how they I just like them to be able to make the choices they want to make and we'll see how it works out. Um, yeah. For me at that, in the end, when, as you release that agenda, I just became so curious to see how things unfold. And like I said, that's, that's like forever. It's not like, while they're school age or whatever, you know, these are. Yeah. That, that term is like school age is such a crazy term. What, what is that? You know, they're school or what grade are they? You know, like, 
I don't know. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, we're, like, life is, like, it's also segmented. You yeah. know, it's like, I don't know. We're, we're, they're going to, they, they were born here, they live with us, and then at some point, maybe they won't. Or maybe they will. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, uh, we don't, but it, there's no age limit on it. It's not like 18, you're gone. You know, I don't know. You know, and some may, some may not. Um, I, I don't know. We don't. I don't. I don't even understand all of that. Um, like I said, I, all the stuff that I thought and the way everyone else thinks, I don't get any of it anymore. And I, I don't. It's been this way so long. I don't. I don't write about it particularly anymore because I. I don't even consciously think of it. I'm not. I mean, when I first got involved, I would say I read a lot. And I interacted a lot with people because it was on the front of my mind, and I was working it out, and so. I don't even think about it anymore. It's it, it, it. I don't. I don't. I don't. I'm not consciously aware that it's different. It just is. Um, I, I and until I you know run into something like um, you know doing this or somebody will ask me a question. I'm like, oh yeah, that is kind of strange. I, we don't even tell our story much. And then like my wife, she'll have a patient and, and she says she lives in an RV and they're like, wow, that's crazy. You know? And it's, it, then it occurs to her. Yeah, I guess that is different. You know, it, it doesn't even occur to us that our life is unusual, but I guess it is. Um, and that's why I think about unschooling to me, it's the most natural, normal thing. Um, so I don't think about it being any other way until somebody brings it up, you know? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I guess, you know, like I, the other day, my son's 14 and a half and here in Florida, you can, um, I guess they can get a, their learner's permit for driving when they're 15 and a half and get a license when they're 16 and they can get a GED when you're 16 or something. So I ask them, like, when do you want to learn to drive? Uh, we got no driver's ed class, you know, just whenever you want to. Uh, and then uh, like uh, I, said, he, I said, well, you might want to start thinking about when you want to get your GED. I mean, you can get it whenever he wants. I mean, I don't, I don't know. You might want to get it when he's the first day it's legal or he may – I don't know. You know, I mean, we don't have any schedule on that. We don't, you know, and so it's, it's, it's so strange to run into when there's supposed to be one, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know when they're going to graduate from high school, I, when they decide they're ready to get some kind of, or maybe they'll never get a GED. They won't care. Yeah. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me, um, you know, but if they do, whenever they do, uh, you know, they, they want to drive or they don't want to drive. I don't know. We don't, but everything in the rest of the world is all like you're this age. Uh, so you're this grade and you start this and you end this and you, we don't do any of that. Uh, and so we, we don't even think that way. And, and so, like I said, it just occurred to me, you know, the other day, I was like, oh, yeah, I guess you probably should start thinking about when you want to get this thing, if you do. Yeah. Uh, it's, at some point, he will, but I'm not going to dictate it. <laughs> He'll decide that's what he wants. And so then, and I'm not going to research it. Either. I guess that's the other thing, too. If he wants it, he's going to do the research to figure out how to get it. I'll get him there. I'll pay for it if that's what, but I'm not, I'm not the, the, the research assistant for the world here, you know, I'm, I'm not the, uh, you know, uh, they got computers. They know how to search better than I do. You can, you can find out what you need to do. Ask me questions. Ask other people questions, but 
mm-hmm. I'm not laying this all out here for, you know, I'm, you know, here sign here thing. It's, you know, not doing that. Uh, cause that's not going to be a good way to live at, at, later. Um, yeah. you're going to have to figure out what you need to know, figure out how to find it, figure out the resources. Maybe the resource is me and my money. That's fine. But, um, but in order to accomplish what you want to accomplish, you got to accumulate the resources you need. And I don't know, I, I, that's probably up there near the top of the skills you need in life. How do you get the resources you need to do what you want to do? You know, um, if they can do that. And like I said, I, I, at this point, I'm a very big part of it. When they were babies, I was almost 100% of it, mm-hmm. my wife and I, you know. Uh, it's, it's gradually reducing, you know. Um, but, you know, um, I, you mentioned curiosity. I think that's such a wonderful, I don't know, personality, trade, attitude, whatever you want to call it, to just go, hmm, I wonder what's going to happen. Yeah. Something cool is probably going to happen. Let's see. You know, so you try stuff. You try stuff. You, you, so many people think that every decision is like life and death and, and you got to make the right one. And, oh, my God, what happens if it goes wrong? Try stuff. There's very few things you can't come back from. Yeah. You know, you know anybody who's ever remarried to somebody they divorced? I do. I mean, even divorce seems like final. And they get remarried, you know? <laughs> you can come back from that. How many people move away from the city they were born in and then they move back? You could sell your house. You can quit a job. How many people quit a job and never find another one? Almost no one. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, you, you know, if you're a reasonably uh, employee. If, if, but, but what we always act like, if I quit, I'll be homeless. No, you'll, you'll find a job. You know, if you sell the house, you'll find another one. You know, if you, you know, break up with a person, you'll probably find a better person to be with. You know, like I said, there's almost nothing. You can't come back from it. It may be a little bit painful. may cost you some money. You know, but there are very few things that that you try that, well, that's, that's your one and only shot, you know? Yeah. Explore. Find out what happens. We moved to Idaho. It was kind of cool. We didn't like Idaho, you know? <laughs> you know, there was enough of that. So we didn't, you know? And uh, we could, you know, we lived in an RV. We could have gone, and people do. They try an RV, and they go, I don't want to live in an RV. I want to live in a house. So you sell the RV and you get a house. You know, you get an apartment or you live in, you go live in the north. You live in the south. I, you know what I mean? We're, we, it's on our agenda to go live in other countries. We want to, you know, we want to explore. We might move to a country and stay there forever. Or we might go, wow, this is, you know, <laughs> this is not for, I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's. It's amazing yeah. how life and death people make almost every choice, right? They're just so scared of, of what they judge as failing because they think changing yeah. failure rather than, then you've learned something more. You know what I mean? At the minimum, the way I kind of look at it when I, and part of my, my page is basically just whatever I think about or I'm doing at the time, you know, the way I figure it is if I do something cool, it'll be awesome. If it flops, it'll make a great story for my page to write about. You know, I can tell everybody, hey, guess what I did? It was just a disaster, you know? I don't know. I mean, nobody gets out of this life alive. I mean, we're here. 
we live, we love. I want to at least have experienced as much as I can. Um, and um, like I said, my dad died when he was 58. I'm now 55. Hope I got another 40 years left in me, but no guarantees on that. So, um, you know, if I died today, I would have I would have been happy with what I've done for the last year. I don't have any regrets. Mm-hmm. Um, I've lived doing what I want to do with the people I want to do it with. And um, I don't know what more, um, I don't know what more I could ask. Really. Ask of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, and I hope I'm trying to do that for myself, but also as an example, so my kids do it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what piece of advice might you share um, with dads who are just starting out or even just considering um, unschooling? You know, they're, they're at the beginning of this journey. So what piece of advice do you think might be helpful to share? Just from your perspective. There's no wrong. <laughs> exactly. I don't use to give advice, but uh, trust yourself. Um, trust your kids. I guess that's the biggest thing. Like I said, they don't, they make choices different than I would make or maybe wish they would, but hey, I made a ton of bad choices and I'm still here. I I I came back. Some of them were pretty painful and took a long time to come back from and some I'm still coming back from, but um trust the process. Um and and you got to redefine the process, you know. Like I said, if you're if you're looking for accolades, if you're looking for awards, you're not going to get them. You just so you might as well just set that aside. But uh, I don't know. The, one of my favorite quotes was they asked John Lennon when he was five, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And he said, "I want to be happy." And they said, "You didn't understand the question." And he said, "You don't understand life." And I, you know, I, if your kids are if your kids are happy if they feel like they have the freedom to disagree with you, um, to challenge you, to think differently from you, to explore their own interests, then I think it's a success. Um, Unfortunately, you'll probably not hear that from anyone else. And you're not going to get a pat on the back for doing it. Um, There aren't, I don't think there's any unschooler of the year awards being given out. Uh, it just doesn't happen. And so you've ultimately got to, um, you've got to believe so strongly that it's the right way to live, that you can withstand the doubts. Um, I went this way because I couldn't go any other way. It was the only way that felt intellectually and emotionally honest to me. I, I couldn't not do it. And I make a ton of mistakes all the time, but the overall direction is to trusting them, trusting myself, um, that, um, our lives are going to end up being meaningful to us in the way we, um, in the way we evaluate them, uh, and that we won't live with regrets because we've 
given ourselves the freedom to um, embrace opportunities when they occurred. Um, and I don't know if that's advice or not, but um, it, it's going to be scary. You're going to have a million doubters. You ultimately have to just decide who you're going to listen to, who, whose uh, criticism is going to get through. It doesn't mean all criticism is invalid. Some of it's very valid. But um, the, the, the big chorus out there is going to tell you you're doing it wrong. You're not doing enough. Uh, you're doing too much, you, you're not controlling, you're not demanding, and, and um, we talk about it all the time. There's a book called Know Your Why. Um, we've always known our why. It's We know why we're doing it. We're figuring out how to do it, but we never, ever vary on the why. Um, and once you can get that deep down in your soul where it it's never um, you never doubt it um, you just believe that, that um, then then you stick with it you make a mistake you get you try again you um, you don't do it the way you wanted to you try it again you you learn um, like I said we transitioned from I was gonna homeschool the perfect child to online public school, the total unschooling. Um, And not that we never really had it figured out and still don't have it figured out, but we do know why we're doing it this way. Um, And those reasons are more important than uh, criticism, um, or the, I guess I guess what finally hit it hit for me in changing the way I lived as compared to the way I thought you were supposed to live is all the people who were purporting how you were supposed to live they really just didn't seem that happy they seemed they seemed unhappy with their own lives and so I'm like maybe you're right but you're a lousy advertisement for it I, I just you know it's like. I don't want to be like you. I actually never wanted to have any kids because I didn't know anybody who liked their kids. Then I met some people who truly liked their kids and that really changed it for me. Well, same kind of thing. Um, Maybe the way they all live is the way you're supposed to live, but they sure don't seem to be enjoying it. They seem really unhappy all the time. They they don't like their kids. The kids don't like their parents. They, Non- I, I see all these complaints about schools. I'm like, well, don't go. And then you don't got to worry about whatever the school does or doesn't do. You know, and, um, complain about your job all the time. Well, make a different choice. You know, I don't know. I, just, I, don't know. I, I didn't see that any of them were really happy with their life, but they kept telling me to do it more, better, faster. Anyway. And I'm just like, I just, no, I'm <laughs> just not going to do any of that. Uh, you might be right, but it sure doesn't make sense to me. And once we stop, no, we, we get to make some different choices. And um, I would encourage anybody to be willing to ask the questions that they tell you you're not supposed to ask. Um, 
you probably won't come up with the same answers I come up with, and that's fine. I don't care. But if somebody tells you you're not supposed to ask a question, you really got to ask yourself, why are they doing that? What don't they want you to know or they're scared that you do know? Um, and, and, you know, I don't know what that answer is, but I, I always doubt any kind of any person or any situation that tries to stop me from knowing something or asking something. I, I, there, there's something there that's going to make me ask more. Um, and um, that's what I've done for the past I don't know, 15 years, I guess, and uh, taken me to place. I never thought I'd be where I am even close. I could not have possibly visualized. I thought I'd have the career and the house and the cars. And, you know, at my age, I'd be a grandparent. And, you know, I mean, it's just, I am nowhere near any regard. I mean, I, I wore a suit and tie and had a short haircut and clean facial hair my entire career. Now look at me, you know, I mean, it's like, I am nothing at all like how I thought I would be and I couldn't be happier. So um, if you don't ask those questions and then follow where it leads, you'll never, you'll never get there. Oh, that is so amazing, Bob. I, I love the way you pulled that all together. It really is <laughs> asking the questions, be willing to just ask the questions of yourself, right? Like you said, it's not that you're there. Anybody else is going to have the same answers, but being willing to ask the questions will help you get a step closer to whatever it is, right? For, for Like you said, curiosity. Huh. I wonder what happens if I ask this. I wonder what happens if I do this. And then find out. Yeah. You might be astounded, and it might be more amazing than anything you ever could have imagined. And that's, that's the way I think about my life now. I... I like I said, I don't have a bucket list because I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I've, uh, I'm very contented with where we are. Yeah. Um, I, and and so um, I feel I'm I feel like I'm at peace, and I couldn't ask for any more than that. That's lovely. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me today, Bob. It was so much fun. You're welcome. This is my first interview, so <laughs> hopefully I did good. <laughs> it was wonderful. But before we go, um, let people know where they can connect with you online. Um, yeah, uh, I don't sell anything, and I don't, but I do write on Facebook on a page called The Bob Mahan Experience. And uh, my last name is spelled M-A-H-A-N. Um, and it's just about whatever. Right now, the current thing I'm involved in is I'm uh, losing weight. I'm on my first diet ever. So today was my first 30 days, and I've lost almost 20 pounds in my first month. So uh, that's first time ever for that. So I'm exploring what, what that. I never paid much attention to nutrition until the past few years. And so... You'll see pictures of me in that. Um, it's it's really just a random thought of whatever I think about at the time. Yeah. Often just a reaction to what I see. People ask me questions or I see. I'm sure I'll probably get some feedback from this. So that should lead to some interesting musings. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Thanks again and have a great day, Bob. Bye. Let's
I hope you found this episode helpful on your unschooling journey. And be sure to check out the wonderful archive of earlier podcast episodes. The conversations never go out of date. And you can find more information about my books, my Patreon community, and the Childhood Redefined Unschooling Summit at my website, livingjoyfully.ca. Have a great day.